In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be seated. The Bible loves reversals. Now, what do I mean by reversals this morning? The Bible loves to show how situations look one way and end up turning out differently. Do you guys remember Joseph? Favorite son of his father, sold into slavery by his brothers, honored, jailed, forgotten, and then suddenly remembered in the jail. And then having all the power, and his brothers come. And he's finally got the power to take revenge, the kind of revenge that would be good in literature. It wouldn't be the Count of Monte Cristo anymore. It would be Joseph, servant of Pharaoh. But instead, what happens? He tells his brothers when everything is revealed, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring about this present result, to keep many people alive. In the New Testament, we see the Old Covenant was based on physical, earthly items you could go and see. You'd need to participate, at least annually, in Jerusalem at the tabernacle or the temple. You'd have priests, an altar, animals, blood. But now everything has been done once and for all, and the temple is now in heaven. The visible, the visible, largely has become invisible. Philippians talks about the great reversal in Jesus' life. Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that's above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, the eternal creating word, came down to earth in humility and death, and then was raised to life, and then to glory. In our Old Testament reading this morning, we find God talking to his people. He cannot keep silent any longer. He cannot rest until restoration has taken place. A people and a nation that had been conquered and displaced, one the world was calling forsaken and desolate, God still loves and cares for them. It's a reversal in their situation. The people of God will see their vindication. They will not be forsaken or desolate anymore. Instead, they'll be God's crown of beauty or a diadem. Does everybody know what a diadem is? It's the the thing that, that they have in the portraits, right? We don't have a good picture here. But it's that pretty shiny thing that the kings like to hold on to. And we're radiating his glory. Instead, you will be called, my delight is in her, and married. In this analogy, who are the people of God marrying? As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you, so that those the world sees as forsaken and desolate will be married to the Most High. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, and your faithfulness to the clouds. Now David understands what Isaiah is saying here, or more accurately, Isaiah understands what David had already written hundreds of years before that. The first part of Psalm 36 starts with this great description of sin and the brokenness of the world. 
and in ourselves. But like Isaiah, David knows a reversal is coming. You save both man and beast, O Lord, that his people can hide under the shadow of his wing. Think about that. Like a baby chicken, we will be comforted and protected by our Father, even sometimes when we're running around doing things we're not supposed to do. But not just protected, for with you is the well of life. In your light, we see light. David knew that life itself flowed from our Creator, as does the light that enters into the world. Our colic this morning mirrors this idea when it says, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth. As we talked about last week, we reflect that glory out into a world of shadows. Our gospel this morning stays with that same theme of love and marriage. We find Jesus at a wedding in Cana with his family and his disciples. Now John says this is early in his ministry. John says it's been less than a week since Jesus' baptism at the River Jordan. Since John the Baptist pointed Jesus out to Andrew and John, and they went and brought in Peter and Philip and Nathaniel to join them. In the midst of this celebration, his mother comes to him and says, Hey, they're out of wine. And Jesus' response, Woman, what concern is that to you and me? My hour has not yet come, is worth noting. In John's Gospel, we see Jesus talk to his mother this way, calling her woman rather than mother. I think it's probably affectionate. I don't think he's calling her mother in a dismissive way. Because he does it again on the cross. He says to her, woman, here is your son. And then that to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, John's the disciple in question again. But more importantly, Jesus wants to know why she is coming to him with this problem. It's not his time yet. Now, realize that in the first century, weddings went on for days. Often, they could last a week. Now, I can see the look in some of your eyes who are doing some calculations about how much that might cost. Think about having to throw a wedding party for a week. It wasn't cheap. But more than that, if you ran out of food and drink before the party was supposed to be over, you brought dishonor to your family. You'd lose face. In the Roman times, there were lawsuits between the wife's family and the groom. Why? He hadn't fulfilled his obligation to the family. The party was supposed to go six days. There wasn't six days worth of wine and food. And Jesus' mother here seems to be asking him to intervene in helping a relative or a friend not be embarrassed on their wedding day. And then Mary makes a statement that has had some caller the world's first and greatest theologian, one that should live in our hearts. Do whatever he tells you to. Do whatever Jesus tells us to do. Now, in this situation, Jesus looks around and sees six stone water jars for the rites of purification holding 20 or 30 gallons. Big jars. And tells the servants to fill them with water, and they do. And then tells them to take that ladle to the chief steward. And, of course, he tells the groom, everyone serves the best wine first. 
That way, when everyone else is drunk, you won't notice the inferior wines. But you saved the best wine until last. A reversal has happened. A groom who is about to be dishonored is now being accused of keeping the really good stuff until the party's almost over. And God's glory is revealed to those who knew. Why? Because God cares about us. He cares about us, both man and beast. And he restores us, even when we make mistakes. Like a groom who doesn't buy enough supplies. Or like his people when they wander away and then want to come back. And God loves us so much that he left the Holy Spirit. Paul this morning gives a list of charismatic gifts. Gifts we sometimes think of as miraculous. Prophesying, word of knowledge and wisdom, healing in tongue, discernment of spirits. Gifts that are important, but that can often seem beyond, deep, and beyond what we as, as individual Christians can do. Paul also says that without the Holy Spirit, no one can say Jesus is Lord and mean it. God cares for us in those simple acts of belief and faith, just like he does with those more impressive spiritual gifts. They are given as gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul talks in his other letters about other gifts. He talks about the gift of mercy, the gift of helps, the gift of administration. God has gifted each and every one of us to be able to help reflect his light out into the world, to share that living water with those in need. That is what we should occupy our time with until he comes. Amen.